0: On the line with us right now, we have Ambassador John Bolton. Ambassador Bolton, I
1: know, Judge Weinberg, you were well, you big fan. You were uh, I always am. Uh, Ambassador, you had two very interesting uh, columns recently. One, you said, when is Biden going to stand up and do something about China, face the China threat? And the second article was, doesn't the West realize that it really has to stand up and defend the Ukraine because Russia can still win? Would you talk about those two articles, please?
0: Well, I think uh, the country is learning about the threat that China poses uh, pretty rapidly, uh, and and it's the breadth of the threat—economic, political, military—really across the board—that requires an American strategy and response. The Biden administration has been dominated by its desire to negotiate climate change agreements with China, and it has interfered essentially with everything else because the Chinese say. Well, if you want to talk about climate change, then you have to give up on this point or give up on that point, which they've been too willing to do. So I think the people of the country are moving ahead of the administration on China, and it'll be uh, an important part, I think, of the 2024 presidential debate. On on Ukraine, you know, the military situation is in gridlock now. We, we can all celebrate the successes of Ukraine's forces uh, uh, during now this uh, long war since the end of February – a lot of American and other NATO assistance, military aid, intelligence aid. Uh, but it's not uh, it's not over for the Russians yet. Their military performance has been abysmal so far. But it may turn out there's actually a Russian general with some creativity who could cause real problems. The Russians are digging in for the long haul. Uh, and it's not enough for us to say, well, this war can go on for a long time because Plenty of other people around the world, especially in China, are watching how the West responds to this invasion. And if we don't get it right here, as you mentioned, I think we're going to pay a price not only in Ukraine, but elsewhere around the world.
1: I I agree with you. And what I'm very concerned about is opening up another front, a so-called second front, if Belarus gets involved. What do you think about that?
0: Well, certainly Vladimir Putin has spent a lot of time with uh, President Lukashenko of Belarus, uh, uh, I also worry at some point we're going to see the Russians formally reabsorb Belarus as part of Russia. I mean that if ever, anyone wants to look at a map, that would have a pretty profound impact on security for Poland and uh, the Baltic republics—Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. So these these negotiations between the Russians and the Belarusians have enormous impact, and I think the Ukrainians are quite worried because their forces, as well as they've done, are under strain. And if Russia with Belarus could open up a completely new second front, it would be a real problem for the Ukrainians.
1: i go ahead. And what would they do? What would we do about that? What would the United States and the Western allies do about that if Belarus comes in? Uh,
0: You know, if it depends on how it unfolds, obviously, but uh, I think more weapons would certainly be in order. But the real pressure point, and I think this is what the Kremlin is looking at, is Just how many Ukrainian forces can you divert from the Donbass front or southern Ukraine and move to the north? Uh, And what effect would reducing their forces in the south uh, have? What opportunity could it give the Russians down there? So it's being caught in this trap, really, that I think the Ukrainians are, are correctly worried about.
1: John, this is Pete King. First of all, thanks for all your columns. Thanks for all your work. Now, getting back to Ukraine, or, or saying with Ukraine, if for some reason Russia does prevail in Ukraine or does better than they should, what will that do with our relationship with countries like Germany? How how much can we count on them sticking with us going forward, especially because of the energy control that Russia would have?
0: Well, you know, the the best thing going for Europe right now is they've had a warm winter, so so much for all this concern about global warming, because it's reduced demand for natural gas helped keep the price down and reduced pressure on their manufacturing industries. Having said that, uh, Putin is, I think, quite aware of the point you make about Germany, and I would add France to that as well. These are weak points within uh, Europe, weak within NATO, uh, and I think uh, uh, the Kremlin understands what they are not able to win on the battlefield and certainly have not been able to win so far. Maybe they can win politically and diplomatically by splitting the Western alliance. And Putin is, I think, the the lines on the ground are going to be frozen essentially for the next couple, three, four months. And Putin and the Russians hope to use that opportunity to find divisions among the Western allies and exploit them.
1: And switching back to, to China, what's the impact of this resurgence of uh, of COVID in China? The fact they're opening up their borders, they're shipping their people all over the world again What does this mean for the security of the United States and uh, Western Europe?
0: Well, I think we've got to be worried about it. And and much like uh, the original outbreak of COVID in 2020, there's an awful lot we don't know about what's going on in China. I mean, there have been reports that something like 30 million new cases a day are being developed, that uh, an estimate just came out today that the total death toll in China could be 1.7 million from this outbreak because – their vaccines are not very good. They don't have a lot of natural immunity because of the lockdown policy. Uh, and, and things could get quite chaotic. And it could spread from China, certainly first to nearby countries in, in Asia, but then to the United States. So I think the Biden administration, uh, I would certainly favor much more extensive testing on people coming into the United States uh, directly or indirectly from China, working with South Korea, Japan, Taiwan and others, the Chinese won't tell us what's going on. We've got to do a better job of trying to get uh, ground truth on this before the thing gets out of control.
1: And the only way we can get the truth is get it through our intelligence sources. I mean, uh, China is not going to tell you. And even if they tell you, you know, you're not going to believe them.
0: Well, I think that's I think that's right. And that that gets to a, a pretty significant point. We're, we're not where we should be in, in our ability to find out what's going on in China. But, you know, the Biden administration, like all of us, would like to put COVID in the rearview mirror. And, and and maybe this what's going on in China won't affect us. But who wants to take the chance
1: John. Uh, of our 17 or 18 agencies, the 18th we don't know about. Uh, it, it, which one do you trust the best?
0: Well, I think they vary, very considerably. And, you know, they all have different missions and, and different responsibilities. But what we really need, and I would say this across the board for all of our uh, intelligence efforts, we need more human intelligence. We've got some of the best technical methods of collecting intelligence, uh, overhead photos from space, electronic intercepts, fantastic. If if the American people really knew what our capabilities were, they'd be proud of it. But what we do not have and haven't had uh, really since the Clinton administration Uh, has been adequate human intelligence. And I think uh, just having more people on the ground in countries like China, it's a perfect example, uh, ought to be a priority.
1: We agree with you. Well, uh, Ambassador John Bolton, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do for our country and continue to speak out for our country. And let's catch up again real soon.
0: That sounds great. Happy New Year to everybody. Happy New Year. Thank Thank you.